Happy Tuesday to our All Things Montessori community. And also, happy November. And also, happy Election Day. So many things today. So Jamie and I this week, oh, so fun. So Jamie actually interviews me on how my virtual teaching is going. I told you guys I was going to sort of do like a series about it. So this is installment two. We have a great conversation about virtual teaching, all the, you know, all the highs and lows. We, we really keep it real. We talk through it all. So I hope you enjoy. We have two new patrons to welcome to our ranks. Oh my gosh. Welcome Kay and Alexis. Oh, we are so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for being patrons of All Things Montessori. We could not do this without you. We are so appreciative of it all. If you want to become a patron, just like these amazing people, you can go on over to patreon.com and find All Things Montessori, and then you can sign up. So thanks again to everyone who's become a patron, and just thanks again for our community being so supportive. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this episode all about virtual teaching. And as always, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Sapling Supply. We love Sapling Supply. It's an amazing furniture company. They design natural, beautifully aesthetic Montessori furniture pieces. Great for all ages. It's fantastic. And again, you can get 10% off anything site-wide at Sapling Supply when you use our promo code ATM10. And that is also linked below. Rachel, here we are again. Here we are again. Another day, another <laughs> podcast. That's right. Our our texts leading up to the weekend usually are like, hey, how are you? What are you doing Saturday morning? <laughs> Hanging out with you That's online. Right. That's right. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's I look forward to it. It's lovely. How's your how's your yeah. morning going so far? It's great. It's good. And I've been thinking actually a lot lately about, um, we haven't talked about how you've been managing distance learning all that much. And so I was hoping maybe we could have a little chat about do like a distance learning update. I would love to. I, I did my first installment of virtual teaching, which was an okay podcast, basically me just rambling about everything because there is so much to think about and consider, but I would love to talk about it, especially with you. That sounds perfect. (laughs) Great. Well, I mean, let's just acknowledge from the get-go that even though I did, you did train with me, I literally never trained you in any way, shape, or form to (laughs) do Montessori at a distance. Uh, through Zoom calls. No, that was not included in the course. (laughs) I'd like a refund. Thank you. (laughs) Right? I mean, I never would have fathomed uh, five years ago. Well, also, like, if it would have been a day of lecture, we all would have been like, what? It would not have, you know, none of us were thinking in that way, you know? Right. It's so bizarre. It is bizarre. Right. So I guess I'm just, like, curious in some ways, Rachel, like, how did you start from, you know, this very sort of in-person relational approach with manipulatives and work to translate that, you know, keeping some of those principles in place as you are, you know, working through a computer screen with children. Like what, tell me about like your day or how you've, how you've structured it to keep as much of those principles in place. Yeah, that's been one of the biggest challenges. Um, I, I feel very fortunate that I have upper elementary children for the most part. And I I work with a five and a half year old uh, just once a day for 45 minutes. But I feel fortunate that a lot of the children I'm working with are they're used to doing things abstractly. However, 
one thing I really wanted to achieve was I didn't want everything to be on the screen. Still wanted them to be, you know, doing things with their hands. So at first what I did, I sat down and I said, okay, well, what lessons can I like put into a PowerPoint? And that sort of was a security blanket at first. And I'm sort of realizing now I've gotten in the hang of this. I'm relying less on that. Um, And I think it's because the kids and I have a good relationship now that I can tell them a story or talk to them about a concept and I've got their attention. I don't need to rely on a PowerPoint. I still show photos and, and cool things like that. But really, I found to be to be honest, I found that a lot of the Montessori lessons translate pretty well. Now, I know a lot of people have been doing like virtual checkerboards and all those sorts of things. And that I just couldn't wrap my head around that. It just seemed a little bit too complicated for me. Um, but I didn't have a seven-year-old who might have needed it. You know, I have children who are already you know, doing math on paper for the most part. So yeah, it's been a collaboration with parents to be like, okay, I'm going to give a lesson on this this week. I need you to have cotton balls or I need you to have whatever. I need you to have this thing in the kitchen so they can do this experiment. That's been a hard thing because I can't, you know, I can't provide it. Um, But the parents have been super responsive and supportive. And, you know, it's been a little bit of a leap of faith. Um, Like I gave a lesson on hand knitting over the internet and it was really hard but it it worked it somehow it worked <laughs> um and i think it's just being patient and i'm moving my laptop around i'm i'm moving it i'm i've been giving piano lessons over the internet too i think it's just leaning into that this is not ideal but it's what we've got and if you're only doing things on the computer screen i think it's it's going to get pretty redundant pretty fast you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, how do you, like, how have you found the, like, building of relationship with the children to go, like, through the screen or, yeah. you know, to not be able to, like, mm-hmm. observe them? Like, sometimes I feel like mm. my relationship with the children got built also just when I could just watch them without even being in direct conversation. So how... How do you yeah. do that? That's been really hard. Yeah, that's been really hard. I I have a standing 30-minute individual meeting with each of them on Fridays. And I know it's 30 minutes and it's sometimes we don't go that long, but I I use that time to like connect and really dig deep on how they're doing and while sometimes I don't get all the information I would like, it's super helpful. Also, what I've been doing as well, and this is when I've been starting to see the kids kind of come out of their shell, I've been I've been giving lessons regularly, but at least once a week or something, whenever I feel like we need it, I kind of um, just like I would do in the classroom, sometime in the classroom, some children will be working at a table and I would just go sit there or I'd sit nearby. Mm -hmm. So what I've been doing, I've been asking them, well, what do you want to work on today? And then they'll maybe have an existing project or something they're working on, and I will do something. But when that happens, they talk to me about their personal life, what's going on with them. And I've actually learned so much by doing that. I've They've really opened up to me about you know their interests. That's where I've been learning though. Um, and it kind of sporadically happened one day where I did like an art lesson and then we just sort of continued doing it. And I, I was like, oh, whoa, none of the kids have opened up like that yet. Right. So now I've just been 
starting to do that a little bit more. Yeah, it's not the same as observation. It's not the same. It's not. It's not. And I'm not going to try to observe them over a screen. Right. You know, I, I am as much as I can in the lesson and when we do follow up work like that. But, you know, I'm relying on I talk with the parents. I have a good relationship with them. And I always tell the kids they can reach out to me if they need. And some of them take me up on that. But I think it is what it is. But um, I found that through working collaboratively with them, doing projects together, I'm getting that community feel. And, you know, this week was the day before Halloween. So I did exactly what I would have done in the classroom. We did Halloween word searches. We did a Halloween art craft. We did. I We watched The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Like, I'm just trying to make it as normal as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that, but I think that's what makes the community work, Yeah, you know, how are you finding them sort of emotionally? Like, you know, is, are they just digging in and doing okay? Or do you find that there's, um, there's an emotional support that you're having to provide that maybe would be different as well because of all, all that we're dealing with? It's definitely up and down. I will say that elementary children are the same, whether you're virtually teaching or in the classroom. Like, you know, it's I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff, which is hysterical to me. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stress and tension. Um, But I'm trying to be a little bit more lenient. um, And I'm always I'm trying to be cognizant of are your eyes tired? Do you want to turn off your screen? Do you want to do this another time? I'm trying to just be more flexible Uh, because I would do that in the classroom because I would have observed them and said, oh, they're not ready for that. You know, so I'm trying to just be a little bit more verbal like that. And Mm -hmm. I've had some of them take me up on it, which I'm happy about. Um, and every time a child has gotten upset or frustrated, um, I've, I've told the parents about it if I thought they needed to know, uh, that really hasn't happened that much, but, uh, yeah, it's been tough, especially when a, a child perhaps is you know, upset about something they didn't get right or in their mind, they didn't, they don't feel like they're doing well at something. Um, it's hard to comfort through a screen. <laughs> Let me tell uh-huh. you, you can't, you can't just be sitting there. It, it's it's really tough, but I always go by, take a breath, get a glass of water, maybe go outside and take a, a deep breath for a second and then come back. I've also been open with the parents and said, if your child is having a tough time, like, and they need to not come to school one day, that's fine. I think because we're all home, it's sort of like, well, there's no excuse. You have to go to school. And I really think that everyone's mental health, like maybe you need a mental health day. Like maybe you just need to do nothing today or something like that. So it ebbs and flows. I actually was, I was noticing that the kids kind of seemed burnt out a few weeks ago. And then I thought, know what? I'm burnout. And then I said, oh, I haven't had a teacher work day or anything. And we haven't had a break in like a month. So I worked one into the schedule and it really helped. So yeah. And it can get really, you know, we're coming up on the holidays, but so it's a little bit different now, but October can feel really, really long um, because you don't really have breaks or really anything. And it's, you know, it's so it's going so quickly. You're introducing so many new things that it can be kind of mentally exhausting. Um, yeah. So I'm learning as I go along. I really liked what you said, um, about paying attention and asking them if their eyes are tired and giving them like the option to turn off their screen or to not have to look. I mean, I think those are, 
I think that's really important to remember. I think we can sometimes get like fixated on the idea that it's disrespectful not to have your your video right. going or disrespectful, right. you know, but but actually like um it's we have to be conscious of this is tough. Like this isn't yeah. this is hard on adults as well as children and sometimes they may just need to just kind of listen and not watch and not engage, you know, like that's okay. Yeah. So I think that's really wise. And I think a lot of a lot of these kids are there's I mean, all kids, you know, they all want to do well. Right. So I think as I get more comfortable with them, they're getting more comfortable with really stating what they need instead of trying to, like, be there and be present. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm still trying to do those community things like we're playing games virtually. It's hilarious. I um, one of your I can't remember which student, Jamie. I can't remember which student played sausages virtually. Um, but I did that and it was, it was hilarious. It was, yeah. I mean, they ask every day. Oh, and I got them into Mad Libs. So every morning we have a morning check-in for 30 minutes where we just say good morning and talk about the day and fill out work journals and stuff like that. If they want to write the date and every morning, can we do a Mad Lib? And so I said, you guys can do a Mad Lib. I'll just sit here. (laughs) Yeah. They're obsessed. Well, they love words. It's so fun. They Uh, sure do. And then have you managed any, I know a lot of people are doing some sort of hybrid models and you're not really doing a total hybrid model, but have you been able to have some distance in person uh, time or? Yeah. Yeah. Just once so far. So the, the community I'm serving isn't like, they're not locally near me. Um, I think if they were, I would probably be doing more, but I made a trip there and we did an afternoon like two hour kind of session where I knew I wanted to provide timeline paper for the kids. I didn't want to ask the parents to go out and and buy that. We've been doing a lot of work on, you know, history and timelines and thinking like that. So I, um, I did a lesson on timelines where I could show a timeline that I had made and, um, was able to provide that paper for them. We did a lesson on finding the circumference, which was super fun. They love geometry. Of course they do. And then um, did a, I did an intro lesson on hand crochet. And it was outside. One of the parents graciously um, provided their backyard. And it was distanced and masked. And uh, while it was so wonderful to be in person, teaching in a mask is just the worst. I feel so – I'm just – I feel for anyone who is teaching with a mask in person right now. It is so hard. I was exhausted. I literally like I was exhausted. Like it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and I've heard of the It's you know, a lot. That yeah. It's it is just really hard. It's a hard time. So, you know, thank you to all of you that are doing your best to yes. you know, you realize I think how much you rely on your facial expressions with the children yes. and when they can't see your facial expressions, like when they can just see your, I mean, you could right. transmit a lot through eyes, but still. <laughs> it, I know. It's really, really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were all good sports about it. And it was really fun. So it was it was great to see them in person. And one of my favorite things about that, and I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit, um, I could tell that I already made a community virtually when I saw them. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. I, we all got together and it felt really normal. Didn't really feel awkward. It was like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? So that that was really great. I felt like that was like a, I felt pretty successful with that. Um, 
And another thing that I've encouraged, speaking of community, uh, if the kids want to work together, I always encourage that, you know, without me. I don't need to be there, you know. So they all like they'll have like standing FaceTime dates or standing Zoom calls where they do hand crochet together or they work on their stories together or what have you. So I think that's another thing to encourage um, is if they want to hang out working without you, (laughs) you know, yeah. so they can build those friendships just like they would in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important because we all know like how much you know, six to 12 year olds do rely on their peer group and need that social interaction. And that's part of the work yes. of this age is to really, you know, develop this ability to work, to work within groups. So if they can just, they don't even have to be like actually on their screens. I mean, they can ju- just have it open so that they can chit chat back and forth right. and at least do exactly. Yeah. Do some parallel work or occasionally even be able to work on something together. Um, I think that's, yeah. That's really, really powerful for them in the, in these times when they're so limited with the interaction and and you yes. know reality is as we're seeing, um, I mean who knows what's going to happen in the next several weeks and what schools are going to be able to do or how things are right. going to shift and change again. So, um, so I think you know I just encourage all of our our listeners and thanks to you, Rachel, for being like so flexible and responsive and energetic, even amidst, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge, you know, it's just a challenge. Oh, yeah, right. It is. And I, um, it's been a real bright spot. And for me, it's been a lot of work. And I'm talking about the positives a lot, which I wanted to do, but also there have been lessons that I've given that have not landed at all and have been awkward and weird. And I've had to like scramble to figure out another plan, thinking on your feet. I mean, just like you would in the classroom, but I've, I've, I've definitely had some technical issues that have been ridiculous. I've, We've had some days where kids have not shown up to their lessons because they forgot or they've been late. Or, I mean, it is <laughs> there's definitely been some uh, some things that have not been um, ideal. And another another really hard thing for me is that music is very hard to do virtually. Mm-hmm. I've really only been able to do. Well, some of the kids, they're learning piano. So I've been giving them piano lessons when they want them or we've been working those into the schedule, which has been fun, but can't do singing really um, because of the time difference. Yeah, there's a delay, right? Yeah. 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 And I I just can't. I I feel – and I didn't even do it in person because singing is probably the most dangerous thing you could really do Mm -hmm. (laughs) right now. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But – but. I've been relying on music history and music appreciation and music listening and trying to incorporate that. Um, But that's been devastating to me. But silver lining, I have done more art than I ever would have in the classroom. And it's been fabulous because I think art is so therapeutic and kids love it. And they're working with their hands when they're doing art, you know. And I think anything that they can manipulate with their hands right now, um, stress relieving, takes them off the screen. So that's been a bright light for that. Yeah. But man, I miss music. Oh, so sad. But yeah, it is. is is. I mean, it's just such a hard time. And I think we're going to, you know, teachers are going to be called upon to be 
you know, more flexible, more adaptive in the future here as we continue to yeah. navigate this sort of unknown. Um, yeah. But the, yeah, that, that it's so heartening to hear the relationship building can be so strong, even, yeah. even on a, on a video call, right? Like that, that you can. Yeah. You feel it. I know it seems weird, but you know, I feel like a connection and that heartwarming. I've had, you know, those fun teaching moments virtually. I didn't think that I would, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. great. And there's just been this, just, there's been really sweet moments. There's, it's, but it's been really, it's been really hard. I'll, I'll be real. Um, but one thing I wanted to say to anyone teaching either virtually hybrid in person or homeschooling, um, take time for yourself. If you can definitely with teaching set limits to when you're going to respond to emails to when you're going to be available to chat, set those limits because just because we're home right now doesn't mean that you're available 24 seven. I I've realized that I was burnt out because I needed a teacher work day and I hadn't had one. And I felt kind of weird putting that into the schedule, but then I thought, no, I would have had this. So just, just quickly, just, you know, take care of yourself. I think that that's a big key, like in general right now, because there is this sense that because we're nobody's really doing anything, there's, there's, I mean, the only conflicts I have in my schedule are other Zoom calls. So it's not like, right, it's not like, you know, I have family visiting from out of town or uh, too many other, I mean, there's just really nothing else getting in the way in my schedule. So I think it is tempting to let work sort of invade every moment because there is no difference between work and home if you're not if you're not in person at, at all. Um yeah. So I think being clear about those boundaries is is really powerful and then also I think though recognizing that as much as the like the children need a lot of emotional support and stability that during this time I think parents generally need more also than they normally yeah. would because this is so unusual and they feel so much more of a responsibility because they're with their kids all day if their kids aren't in school. So yeah. yeah. So balancing, like planning for that to planning that extra time for the parent engagement so that you're not, so that it's not just that your entire day is consumed by work, by the, you know, yeah. the children and then the parents. Um, they're both really important. They are. They are. I was sort of nervous about how involved the parents were going to be just from a self-conscious, you know, just being real here. It's like, oh my God, they're going to be like in the same room or like close by. You know, I just, I, I thought that was going to be strange. But actually, I think it's been really great because I think parents are home with their kids. And while I know they're stressed, I think there's a level of gratitude that I've felt from parents. Um, and also, I think they're really learning a lot about their child. There's been lots. Listen, there's been a lot of frustrations. There's been lots of things that have happened. But I think at a root level, um, you know, they're never really this. They're never going to spend this much time with their kid. This isn't normal. Right. Mm-hmm. And while I think there are a lot of strange things about it that will, you know, not be the norm for a long time, I think that the positive of it is that they can be really involved which frankly, like teachers, you love to see it. You love to see yeah. them involved like that. I, I think it can become unhealthy, perhaps, but I think at a I think 
you know, at a basic level, I think it can be a good thing. Um, and it can help you be on the same page. Yeah. Well, well, and I think particularly in Montessori education, it's kind of this odd, the classroom for parents can be this kind of like black box that they don't really get to see in, you know, and yeah. they don't understand what's happening because a lot of parents didn't have Montessori for their own education. So this is a real opportunity for them to have a better understanding of the heart of Montessori, which isn't is as amazing as the classroom and the materials are. It really is that fostering self-construction and independence, helping yep. to inspire curiosity, to really build, help children, especially at the elementary age, really build themselves um, as learners and and mm-hmm. to get you know engaged and for parents to see how that can happen even at home, I think is, is powerful because it should be happening at home. Like it, what right. the ideal, the ideal is for a classroom that like it's happening at school and we have these materials and the community that supports it. And that's valuable, but that it doesn't mean that it doesn't just keep happening when they leave the classroom. Like ideally, right. I mean, the children's characteristics don't turn off. They don't, you know, they're still <laughs> like when they're with their families. And so they, you know, that and we always wrestle with how to help parents maximize that uh, when we're when we have a normal school day and then the, the rest of the day. But now um, parents can just see some of that. And I'm sure that it's impacting how their sort of family life functions and how they're supporting that at home. So there yes. are, you know, there are things like that that are emerging from this crazy yeah. and non-ideal time of of online distance learning right. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, there are a lot of negatives, but I think if we're not making a conscious effort to focus on the positive, it just becomes so depressing. Mm-hmm. So um, while everybody has bad days, I think there are exactly like you said, there are a lot of positives that will come out of this. And I think what's been the one of the most amazing things for me to see is that while virtual teaching is not ideal, it's still working. And that's mm-hmm. been great. You know, that's right. been great to see um, because I've never virtually taught ever before in my life. <laughs> so um, the fact that everyone's still excited and getting on the call and doing work, I'm like, great, perfect. Right. <laughs> right. So, that's, that's, yeah. again, we're still having, yeah, just we have to do the best we can right now. But, yes. and, yes. um, and, Things will settle at, at a someday. Um, but I'm excited that you're having that this experience has been uh, rewarding, even while being oh yeah ch- challenging. It has. And-, and honestly, I think it's making me a better teacher because I've had to really think through these lessons mm-hmm. and had to really think on my feet because I don't have, you know, the box of sticks at my disposal. Right. So how am I going to introduce polygons to this six-year-old? Or how am I going to do the circle lesson when I don't have my, you know, it's it's been, I've had to really think on my feet, but I think it's made me understand the material better because mm-hmm. I can do it in a different way. Right. If that makes sense. Right. You, you, you've had to think about what's the sort of essence and purpose of this lesson yes. and how can I meet that purpose yes. even without you know, the, yep. an entire classroom. Cause, cause it's not, it, I mean, yes, it is a lot easier if you have all the materials, but it's not, you don't have, I mean, you can present them in different ways that are still staying true to a Montessori approach. So that's yes. fantastic. Yeah. And, 
And there are things that you can keep. Like I've kept the nature walk. I just can't go with them. They right. go with, a, a, you know, who is ever with them in the room or, you know, I mean, we've done experiments. It's not, I'm not there, but we've just, we've been doing them. I'm showing them and then they can do it. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's all doable. You just have to really think about it in a different way. Uh, some things that have really helped me, um, crash course that Jamie always talks about. Crash course is great. They have so many great little, little videos that have helped sort of, you know, spark interests, you know, um, and then just thinking through all the different kinds of follow-up work that they can do has also been super helpful. And I've had to show them some of that. And then another thing, we've been doing a lot of work with geography and also with like the universe and things like that. NASA, their website's amazing. I don't know if you mm -hmm. know about that, Jamie, mm -hmm. but oh my God, there's so many cool graphics and things you can share with the screen that is pretty mind-blowing. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of really great... Um, really, really great outlets out there that will help. Yeah. Um, and there's so know, many places making you can the best of it. take virtual tours or do some interesting things that I mm -hmm. think is is really causing us to recognize like some of the, you know, I think as Montessorians, we have a tendency to like not, you know, only want the children to research using books and try to keep the right. internet out of the classroom or some things. But I, I, there are some really powerful things that we can do with the children and and things that you know you can visit that you wouldn't ever be able to visit in person and that yeah. can be useful so yeah. having to maximize some of that right now I think is is a gift to all of us too to think about um how we can how we can provide these resources for children just generally so. definitely 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 well if anyone is virtually teaching definitely feel free to email me I'm with you. It's um, it's it's an experience I will never forget. And I again, I think it's really, I think it's been valuable for you know for the children and for the parents and for my for my career too. I think it's really been, I don't know. It's well, it's been better than I thought it was going to be, and it's it's actually been pretty pretty wonderful. At, at, there's been some pretty wonderful moments. So yeah, that's amazing. Well, thanks, yeah. Rachel. Yeah, thanks. And anybody, again, email me, allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com if you have any virtual teaching questions or maybe you could share your experience on how it's going. Um, and I'm always here to listen and I always would love more advice um, because, you know, every week when I sit down to lesson plan, I'm like, okay, what's it going to be this week? <laughs> and there's always some sort of thing I have to think through. So please be open to sharing. I would love to hear it. And thanks for listening as always. 